Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com 
where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcast for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Gregory, Damien, welcome to the show, my friend. You are the author of Abs at 60. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for, uh, for asking, and it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, I wanted to have you on the show for a lot of reasons, but predominantly because I, I think that health is such an important part of the human experience and the mental health journey. The physical health is such an important part of that. Mm -hmm. And oddly, I was thinking about that, this in preparation for our conversation today. We live in probably, arguably the safest time in history, the most convenient time in mm, history, for sure. and the most food rich time in history, especially if you are in the United States. Indeed. And yet we are the unhealthiest in history. Nutrition deficient, right? Calories, we have a surplus of calories in a deficiency or a desert of actual nutrition, right? Because we're eating all of the wrong things, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But we're told to eat them. You look at the food pyramid, you look at, well, right. you look at what is put in front of us in media, and it's like, hey, make sure that you eat your Cheerios for breakfast. And mm -hmm. I would argue, maybe not. Yeah, totally. I, I, for me personally, I definitely have gone through quite an evolution uh, with, with my diet. I was always aware of diet being an important part of health and fitness. But like a lot of people, I didn't really know what that meant. What mm -hmm. is a good diet? And what is a good diet for me? What might be great for me might be terrible for you. There's a lot of bio-individuality that comes into play, in particular with, uh, with diet. So I've gone quite through an evolution of high carb to low carb and uh, fasting and lo lots of different things to get to where I am today, which may not be where I'll be five or 10 years from now, right? In all yeah. fairness. Yeah, totally. We are an evolution. And we're gonna we're gonna take a bit of a deep dive into this today, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, particularly one, because obviously you wrote a book called Abs at 60, and I'm like, okay, how do we do that? I've got a bit before I'm there, but I always like to do my work in advance. Before we do that though, if I wanted to know you a little bit more in depth, more about who you are, what is something that would be really important to know about who you are, Gregory? I grew up the, the oldest son of an alcoholic father. And uh, we moved from Buffalo, New York to Huntsville, Alabama when I was eight years old in second grade. So I was old enough to recognize, hey, these people talk different here in Alabama, mm -hmm. right? And they do. They do. Uh, there's a little different culture and a little different way of, of living and so on. And I never really fit in. Um, and 
that manifested in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I didn't have the kind of self-esteem um, that most teenagers had. I didn't have a normal, what I would consider a normal high school experience uh, or even a college experience. And uh, some of that, well, all of that played into effect of some of the, the attitudes that I developed, um, being fiercely independent because of my upbringing, but also acknowledging that maybe there was something better for me down the road. So I was kind of not ever in the present. My, you know, my present wasn't really a part of me until fairly recently. I was always like, tomorrow's going to be better. Next week's going to be better, particularly if I take care of myself. I don't know. I, that was an attitude that I, that I developed in my 20s. It's a part of a coping skill. So let's start with that. Yeah. When, when I think about those, we all have these autonomic responses to stressors. Some mm -hmm. of us don't even think about them. They're just happening in real time. They're the things that we do that in some way even may be causing ourselves pain but curb the other pain, hmm, which is this absolutely. really interesting part of the, the human dynamic and experience. When, when you were growing up and feeling like an outsider, I think that for a lot of people that gets transformed into a, a lot of really poor behavioral choices. And mm -hmm. I would of course put myself in that category. I mean, I did drugs for the first time when I was 12 years old, right? Started drinking at sure. 13 and went down this really wild path of crime and getting kicked out of school and the whole nine. But what was it for you that wanted to point you in another direction? Was it like witnessing your relationship with your father? Was it the community? Was it just feeling so outside the box? You were like, I will do anything to go to the other side. Like, where did that come from? So there was a growing tension inside of me after I graduated from university and I moved down to South Florida. And Unlike you, my, you know, my, my experience is different in that my trauma is what Peter Tia called the, the little T trauma. I was neglected, right? And I didn't realize that I even had wounds until fairly recently, right? So that's very different from someone who's been through physical trauma. The, the scars are there, right? Well, what was happening for me in, in my 20s, so I didn't have my first drug or alcohol until I was like 19. Mm. It's actually legal to buy beer in Alabama at 19 when, when I was 19. <laughs> this was before Ronald Reagan raised the, the drinking age, okay? Of course, my first beer was six-pack, okay? And, and uh, so I didn't necessarily have good modeling even around alcohol, of course, with my, with my father. When I moved to Florida, um, that pattern of drinking started to escalate. And I, and I started to get a beer gut, right? And I didn't like that in me physically, but the good news was, is a, a coworker of mine was a, um, I was to later find out a recovering alcoholic, um, but he didn't, he never disclosed that to me. I only found that out like 30 years later oh, after wow. he passed and his wife told me he'd been alcohol free for over 50 years or just a few days shy of 50 years, wow. but I didn't know that. So in sharing some of what was going on with me, he said, well, you ought to come run with me. Was this Dave? Yeah, yeah, Dave. Dave, um, exactly. The first of two Daves that I had that I considered sort of um, role models and and guides along mm -hmm. my way, and uh, so I did. I started uh, running with him, and and I was uh, 
I had some skill. I wasn't world-class by any means, but um, I was able to run and, and run fairly well, fairly quickly. So that was really empowering to me. However, I was still drinking. And there was one event that I talk about in the book where I had a, a few, I don't remember how many um, happy hour drinks and I'm driving home on 99, you know, weaving in and out of traffic, being unusually aggressive for me. I, usually that's not, that wasn't my style. And there's just this voice that said, hey, dude, what are you doing? Slow down. So I do, I get right to the speed limit, look over to my right, and there's a state trooper that's staring right at me. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, this is, I need to make a decision here. Mm. I see the direction that my father went and I can make a choice. And I did, I decided to make a choice and I didn't, I stopped drinking basically cold turkey at that moment. And I don't, in, in hindsight, I don't remember making like a big proclamation of, of it or anything like that. It's just like exercise became my safety, right? And I used it very um, vigorously. To, and, and, I, and, and I had this attitude that it was protecting me, mm. right? From the effects of alcoholism that I, that I saw in my father. And it did have some benefits for sure, um, but as I later came to find out, it, it certainly didn't solve all my problems, right? R rarely does anything solve all your problems. Yeah, exactly. Right, except yeah. death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <You> know. <laughs> we don't have to worry about it then. Yeah, of course. That's, that's what I think every single day. You know, I, I think that there are those moments in which the universe lays in front of you a decision. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, man, you might be going a little hard. And you have a decision, like in real time, you're making a choice. I'm going to slow down. God, spirit, universe, who knows where that comes from, right? But something within you says this. A lot of people will have that experience in that moment, the slowdown, they'll look over, they'll see the cop and they'll go, not yeah. this time. Yeah, right. Not this time. Mm -hmm. And then they're back in it tomorrow. Right. That was me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the- You dodged it. Yeah, dodged I'm like, it. Yeah, let's go. Right. Right. If I can do it this time, I can do it next mm -hmm. time. Yep. And, and that worked for a long time. Unfortunately, it hasn't always worked for people in my life. And I see that time and time again, where here you are with an opportunity, the universe saying to you, hey, uh, Gregory, why don't you chill the f out? And yet we keep pumping and pumping and pumping to the edge. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you think that it was, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm really curious about this because I want to hopefully create a little bit more depth of context. Sure. Do you think in some way in relation to the relationship you had with your father, this was like a moment of saying, I definitely don't want to be like that guy. And the reason I ask that question is I look at my, my brothers, I look at my sister, I look at myself and the way that we've handled and navigated the world coming from a, a home with alcoholic and drug addict mother, stepfather, chaos. We've all gone a different path. Not that we haven't had our hardships because... Dude, trust me, we have, yeah. but it was just a measurement. And I think all of us have become in this agreement. We're like, we don't want to be like that. I think that's very true. I think that I was able to um, reframe and, and almost project myself. And I said, no, I don't want that outcome. Mm. I don't want that isolation. And I don't want that limited way of, of thinking uh, to be me. And I didn't know necessarily what the op 
you know, what the options really were. In fact, for a lot of my life, I was going away from stuff rather than towards stuff. Like what? Well, like I wanted to get out of Alabama really bad. All right. That whole scene was just bad for me. So I wanted uh, originally when I was looking at at, uh, schools, because education for me was um, a way out. I knew that. Mm -hmm. I was good at math. I started, I was a nerd. I started taking calculus my, the summer of my junior in high school. I went to the university because I'm like, I'm not getting fed. I can do this. And and it was all on me because no one was encouraging me to do it. Mm. I just had to have that. I had that belief in myself. I wanted to go to the University of Tennessee. And my, my parents were like, well, good luck. Let us know how that works out for you. Wow. Yeah, I got no support. So I didn't have the financial um, creativity, means or creativity to figure that out. But I was already going to school there in Huntsville where we had moved. So I knew how to make that work. So I just put my head down and said, I can get through this. I worked full, full-time half of the year. So figure 50% work all the time. I paid my way and I got out in three and a half years with an engineering degree. I didn't have fun. It wasn't a great college experience, mm. but I was completely focused on that outcome. But it wasn't because I wanted to be a great engineer. It was a way for me to get out of Alabama. Mm. And my dad was an engineer, right? So part of that was still like, you know, in effect modeling what, what he might've liked, even though he didn't really express any uh, encouragement or, or desires for me, right? So um, only until my 40s did I say, hey, I'm really interested in being more involved in health and fitness on, a, on like a, a real active way, right? I quit my job um, and, and studied, I took all of the prerequisites for medical school in my 40s, which is, and, and in the end, I didn't go. Um, because the type of medicine that has been traditionally practiced, let's react to when you get sick with drugs and surgery really wasn't what I was after. I was after much more of this proactive approach, right? Let's, let's prevent disease in the first place so that we can increase both our health span and our lifespan, right? And there's more and more people and Atita, Peter Atia is certainly one of those guys that is professing that. That's really what I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Right. And especially in that time frame. Yeah. And and in that time frame, not not to just peg your age, but I mean, people were still smoking in bars and restaurants and drinking the alcohol levels like 0.14 back then or whatever it was. And so we live in a, a very, very different world. But, you know, going going back, I want to go back to something. Sure. Your friend Dave. Yeah. And I want to go back to him because I believe mentorship, even in just the slightest ways, can radically affect and change our lives. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from Dave? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dave was probably 30 years older than me at the time. He was getting ready to retire from, I worked in the electronics industry at the time, and uh, we were coworkers in a way. I was an engineer. He was a technician. Um, I suspected that Dave was involved in something like AA, but I didn't know. I didn't know for sure. What I saw in Dave was a a huge commitment to running. He was a marathon runner. And we can use a word cross-addiction, and I think I felt into that myself. Dave was cross-addicted to running, but this was a much better outcome for him than the path he was on. And I never really knew, even his wife uh, didn't ex- explain to me, you know, the, the, the drinking Dave. I don't know what that was like. Mm. Uh, I only know that he was a very committed um, runner and and family man as well that took a special interest in me. And I'm really grateful, right, that he took that special interest in me. I don't know why, right? Um, I I think there's one of those things where the universe brings the teacher, right, when when the student is ready. Um, I had one other mentor even sort of prior to him. It's kind of sad. When I, my first credit card, you know, $300 credit limit back in the day, right? And I needed someone to co-sign with me. And I couldn't, I wouldn't go to my father because everything was a string, even if he would have done it, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure he even would have. Um, it would have come with some sort of string. I ended up going to one of my professors at the university who had taken a little bit of an interest in me as well. 
and said, hey, would you be willing to co-sign this uh, credit card loan? He's like, sure, here you go. Boom, boom, done. Um, I stayed in touch with Dave because um, I left South Florida. I, I ended up um, going to Michigan and then Colorado. Uh, but we stayed in touch. Um, Dave was always supportive of me. And even to his, this day, um, his, his wife and I are friends on, on Facebook. And, you know, she's got to be in her maybe 90s now, right? And she's still kicking out, kicking out some, um, uh, some runs and stuff herself. So she, she was also a part of that. What lessons did he teach you? Well, I, my very first race that I did was with Dave. I had no idea that I was capable of doing that. Mm. Um, it was a five mile race in Miami. Um, and he taught me that there was another path, right? That there was a fitness path that, that I could go down and that there was a community of people that he had become a part of and that I could become a part of as well, right? That, so there was another way. And he wasn't preachy or demanding about it, right? He was simply offering. And, and he didn't force anything. But if I asked questions, he was there with, with knowledge and information. So he supported me. I ran my first marathon about a year after I met Dave. Hmm. It was too fast, actually, because I ended up kind of hurting myself in the process. But I became very enthusiastic about all of this, right? Uh, it was probably a couple of months after I started running with Dave that I had the, the incident where I said, okay, I'm going to stop drinking and then really focus on, on this path. What impact has not drinking had on your life? Well, let me be clear. Um, I, I haven't had any alcohol in the last four years. And from that 10 year, from about 10 years after that event, uh, I didn't have any. And by the way, my father really resented that. Mm. He thought that was an indictment on him. And I wasn't preachy and say, Hey dude, you know, you need to get your act together. Like what I'm doing, right. And be all pompous about it. But he saw he his attitude to me turned distinctly negative at that point when I stopped drinking and started exercising. Um, so it really made our relationship worse. Not that it was good, right? We we had what I call a three conversation a year relationship. Mm. His birthday, never mind, Father's Day and Christmas. Those were the three times we talked. And uh when I was about 30, um, he sent me this angry letter that I'm a terrible son. And he wasn't inebriated when he wrote the letter, but you could tell there was just a lot of anger and uh, hostility that was built up into this. And I had to decide, do I want a relationship with him at all? And I got some, some counseling um, and I ended up taking very much the high road. I said, yeah, you're probably right. I probably forgot your birthday or whatever it was, you know, and I probably haven't been the best son. And maybe that wasn't, Maybe that wasn't the best way to handle it, but it kept us in a three-day-a-year <laughs> three relationship. However, to go back to your question, I did, I did start, I did drink some moderately. Um, the last time I drank, I drank one beer. It gave me a headache, and I said, this is stupid, right? Well, why? What, what's the point of this? I, and I was in a social setting, setting with work. And there was not, I wouldn't say pressure, but certainly a little bit of pressure, right? Sure. To, to conform. 
And at that point, I'm like, okay, I, just, I don't need this. Also, I'll say that my, my girlfriend um, is, how do I want to say, she's not drinking either. Let's just say that, yeah. right? So that helps. That helps, right. And, and it was good for both of us, right, to, to be able to, uh, to have an alcohol-free um, relationship. Did, what was your mother's relationship with alcohol? She did not drink much, if any, um, and she doesn't drink. So that wasn't really her thing. She was very, I would say, sort of subservient to my dad um, and, and, and reasonably passive. So he ruled the roost, right? And she kind of went along with it. Um, I can't really tell. I mean, I had a, a really nice relationship with her parents, my grandparents on her side. Um, but they say alcoholism is a family disease, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know to the extent that my, my grandfather, how much he drank. But there was some alcohol in the home. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that this is a thing that we are spun to be a very social mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And yet it destroys more lives and families than probably anything. And, and obviously for the context of the show, and I've always been very forthright about this, I'll have a drink on the occasion. Okay. Fair right. Yeah. And, and for me, it's one of those things where, yeah, probably social being at events, you know, hanging out with people, things of that. And I've gone through these bouts and spurts of time where it's been three or four years between drinks mm -hmm. and people will be like, why are you not drinking? I'm like, cause I don't want to, like, yeah. I don't know why there's this weird sure. disconnect around the uh, social acceptability of having the responsibility of not wanting this thing, mm -hmm. right? So there's always that stigma, that dogma. And, you know, I look at the the impact generationally of, oh, and yeah. not just alcohol, but drugs and violence sure. and debt. I mean, money is a, a huge generational thing Absolutely. as well. You know, and, and I, I look at all these different situations and circumstances that are handed in front of us. And it's like, we all have, there's a, there's a healing journey that inevitably is in front of you, right? And I, I think it's really interesting. At one point, you had went to IU yeah. and got an MBA, right? Right. I have three and degrees. You have three. Yeah. Um, consummate overachiever. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I did my strength finders test again recently, and achiever is my number one. Okay. It did not change from the last time that I that's, had done it. That's very solid, right? <laughs> you know? And so I, I resonate that that's not a poke at you, but just like, I often think to myself, you should go achieve. You should go and see what you're capable of doing. And, and there is the, the hesitation that I think a lot of people have in, in stepping into that thing about their dreams. You have three degrees. You've competed in so many different events, races, half marathons, bodybuilding, mm -hmm. like all the, like, how is it that you have been able, in consideration of your past, mm -hmm. knowing that for most people, it's a massive hindrance. Right. My father was like this. My, my mother was like this. I witnessed these relationships. I was in this place. I didn't want to be. I'm sure there was other things involved in that. Like, where does it come from within you to be like, I'm going to go for it? You know, there's certain aspects of my life where I've, I've had a lot more self-confidence than others. One of the things I didn't mention in my 20s is I didn't date at all. I didn't have enough self-confidence to ask a, a woman out to date. No dates. I mean, one or two, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember if they were. That's shocking to me sitting across from you right now. When 
and I and I and I ended up getting married to the very first girlfriend that I had in my in my thirties. Right. We got and we were married for 15 years and it was a um, a functional marriage. But I also knew in that experience and I know I've kind of gone off, gone off on a path here that I was I wasn't growing enough. I, I, I There was more growing for me to do. And this was, again, that voice in my head, right, mm. like in the car with the state trooper. And it, that one. That one I didn't act on initially. It, w- it was like, this is the first person who I think's ever really cared about me. And so I agonized over, you know, getting divorced. And, uh, and, I, and, and when I finally got the, you know, the courage to, uh, to, to have that conversation with her, she's, yeah, she's like, yeah, where do I sign? <laughs> she's like, I guess she had some growing to do too. This was more about me. And I know I was still a very selfish person in that relationship. Right. So I, I, I definitely acknowledge that. But to come back to your um, to your thought, when I'm moving my stuff out, I'm going through all of the boxes of old stuff and whatever. And I came across some pictures of me in my 20s. And I and I look and I go. This was all in my head. I was a decent. I mean, I'm five, four. That didn't change. But um, th- there's plenty of people my, my height who've done great things, right? That's, that's not a, a limitation. So I realized that was one of the moments that I realized that this has just been me holding me back, mm. right? As opposed to something else. I got two hands, two arms, right? And, 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 and a brain that's good enough to get three degrees. Um, so there's just been aspects of my life where I've had a lot more confidence to say, yeah, I can go do that. My, my parents' only aspiration for me was to go be a computer key punch operator. And I said that, right? Because I know I'm capable of more than that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, to go ask Julie out on a date, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's not something I'm happy to do because I'm so afraid of being rejected, Yeah, right? Which is understandable. I mean, I can only imagine how many times growing up in a household like that, you're rejected. And, and for me, I, one of the things is I had a, a massive fear of rejection as well. And I curbed that by having the willingness to be rejected all the time. <laughs> and, and, and it almost became a game in some sense. And I don't mean just in, in dating or relationships. I mean, I, I got a sales job very young uh-huh. where I had to like call people. Right. Yeah. What are you, you never call me again. I'm going to file complaints. I'm going right. to find you and kill like the craziest. I would hear. Mm -hmm. And so like rejection eventually just became second nature. Right. And I I think that if you want to build confidence, go get rejected a lot and recognize that it's not about you. Part of that after the divorce, um, I did get involved, right? Again, the teachers began to show up. Um, and I started taking uh, a variety of different self-improvement, self-help courses. And one of them was, a um, a, a class, uh, charm class and we could say and and it was over in hollywood california and one of our exercises was we were paired up with buddies it was all guys and we were paired up with buddies on hollywood boulevard and said we had to go and i don't remember what the pitch was but we had to go approach women right and and invite them to something or i don't you know the whole thing though was to break out of that shell yeah and it was really amazing for me because i hadn't really experienced this sort of ability to walk up and not be rejected and have 
you're sure some people are saying like, yeah, I'm just too busy. But a lot of people there were like, yeah, cool. That's, that's cool what you're doing and, and uh, good for you and that sort of stuff and actually have a positive experience out of it, right? So being willing to, to test some of those limits and learn that, again, these limits are really way, way up here in my head as opposed to real limits that the universe is so, oh no, Greg can't do that. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's why I pointed to, I felt surprised by what you just said, because here I see this man who stands confidently chin up, shoulders back. And I think people will see me and think the same and not understand that for a very, very, very long time, yeah. it was shoulders down, slumped over, no eye contact. Just anyone, please don't look at me. Yeah. I was invisible. Right. And that's, that's the, really the way I thought about myself in high school in particular, right. Is that I'm just, I wasn't picked on or bullied basically, but I wasn't a part of anything, mm. you know, I was off, if anything, just hanging out with some of the nerd guys. Yeah. But there's something in you that has the willingness to, to go for it, even though perhaps in all areas, and I don't think we all are ultimately confident in all areas. Yeah. I think that's probably improbable. Right. Right. And so in consideration, I, I look at that and go, okay, well, there's obviously areas where there's lack of confidence. There's areas that are fully confident. And I, mm -hmm. I think that perhaps your, 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 your ability to be astute in the things that challenge you mentally have driven you into success. And that's, I'm going to guess the same way that you were able to now reset your life again in your forties and say, I'm actually going to go this direction about health which is kind of the thing that leads us to today. What okay. was happening in that window where you're like, I'm going to just go in this other path, potentially head into this PhD program, right. learn about health, ultimately find out like, actually, that's not the thing I want to go yeah. into because that's sick care, not health care. Right. What was happening in that window? Well, again, I hadn't chosen um, an, a, a destination. I was running away from stuff all these years. And I realized that health and fitness was a good destination for me that I could be an influencer or even a disruptor, right? To show what is possible at 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, right? Because I've got some serious goals of what I want to do when I'm 80, mm. right? Um, so there was another event that comes to mind uh, in, in my, yeah, I guess it would have been my 40s where after I was diagnosed with low bone density, I started weightlifting. I was also prescribed testosterone and that helped. And it also improved my libido, which is like, oh, this is what it's like. Mm. Um, I was in the gym. Actually, this was in Germany. I was at work. And one of my coworkers said, hey, Greg, have you ever thought about competing on stage as a bodybuilder? Like, who's, he, who's this guy talking to? <laughs> right. And, 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 uh, and he said, no, no, no. I mean, you know, and, and he saw, you know, he, he saw the package, right. Of, of what I was. So he was being really kind and generous. And, and I thought about that a little bit more and, and I guess I said, why not? Right. Why not me? Um, and I ended up, uh, going and competing in a bodybuilding show without ever having been in one. Right. And that takes a little, because I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Right. And, and I met my first coach there at that show though, backstage. He's like, all right, there's, there's some things we need to teach you. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm a rookie here. Right. So I guess I've been open to coaching, right. Along the way as well. Open to feedback is sometimes it sucks, right. Mm. Getting candid feedback, but honestly, 
that's the best way forward is if someone is willing to give you honest feedback, they're your friend, right? Regardless of what their situation is, they've done you a big favor um, by giving you some honest feedback. And I haven't liked it at times, um, but I've been at least, I think, willing to listen to it, consider it, and also consider and look at, at what other people have done. I think, you know, I did read some of Tony Robbins stuff Back in 1990, when he when he released uh, unleashed the uh, the giant to within, I didn't act on it as well as I should have, obviously. But some of those ideas stuck with me, right? That you know, if you want to get good at something, look at someone who's doing it and yeah. go do what they do. And I've do, I've done that in some aspects of my life fairly well, and others not not so much, right? But I feel like I've got the um, the ability to do what anyone else can do. Mm. Yeah, I resonate with that a lot. And I think that's the biggest thing of what has brought, brought me here, looking at my life and saying very simply, that guy did it. Yeah. Okay. Human so, being. So why can't I? Yeah. What, what do they know? I don't think they're smarter than me. I, I don't think they come from a better or worse background from me. It's just they are in, as my mentor says, the consistent, persistent pursuit of. Right their potential. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for me, mentorship was massively transformational. There's a 0% chance I'm here with right now without mentors. I mean, even mentors in podcasting, like I've mm -hmm. hired some of the greatest podcast hosts in the entire world and be like, teach me, help me understand this game. Right. Which is the same thing. I, I was adaptable so young because I was forced to be. Mm -hmm. And one of my first mentors ever was really when I was working for um, a fast food restaurant and 18 years old, I had 52 people under me Yeah, right. at 18. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and so you imagine what 18 year olds do with a bunch of their 18 year olds. It was pure chaos. Yeah, right. Okay. But, but we were crushing numbers and I was getting promoted and making all this money and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I've just simply looked at it as if it can be done and someone has done it, why can I not? Obviously, yeah. people will often ref reference the Roger Bannister four minute mile. Right. But I, I think a little bit different than that. I just like Tony Robbins, for instance. There's something interesting about my relationship with him and now having met him a few times and been able to be in his private coaching group. And of course, private coaching group with Tony is like 400 people, but it's still private comparatively to the 16,000 in Palm Beach. Right. Right. And when when I first came across him, someone had told me about him, and I I was like, "That guy, like, what does he know? Mm -hmm. He's never he's never experienced life. Obviously, you come to find his story; he's really interesting. He's been through a lot. Yeah, but it's like the writings on the wall, and that's the adaptability, the willingness to have the the person who is in front of you doing the thing that you desire to do and paying attention. Yeah, right. <laughs> doing what they tell you to do." When, when you look at that, like in this transition of your life, now you're in your forties, you're in this bodybuilding show, you have this guy who's like, Hey man, you should try this. You're like, I'm going to try it. You get a coach. He gives you feedback. A lot of shit. You probably don't want to hear. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> right. Like no more cardio for you, Mr. Damien. That was his exact words. Cause mm -hmm. I like to, to ride and run. And if you're going to build muscle, that's can be counter indicated, right? Like. Right. All right. I'm going to have to follow. If I want to do this, I have to follow that path. How do you, okay. That's where I was going. 
how do you navigate the difficulty of like removing your own ego out of the equation to accomplish the goal? So in the first step in my book, in my process is dream big. Let's decide where you want to be, right? That's the first step. And then understand your why, right? Well, why do you want to do that? And what behaviors and, and or limited thinking might be holding you back? So all of those kind of play into this. And like I said, I've got some 80-year-old goals uh, that, that I want to accomplish. And I'm, I'm happy to be um, a role model uh, for men and women, you know, to show what's possible. I don't, I don't, and I'm not going to resonate with everybody, right? I get that. In fact, I find that men my age are, are the least interested in a way because they've already mm. kind of chosen their path, right? And they feel like there's not much that can be done, which is completely false. It's not true. Yeah. The, the most benefit that the people can gain are going from the bottom 20% to the next rung of 20%, right? I mean, there's enormous benefits to be gained by improving um, diet, sleep, exercise, wherever you are. Right. It's never too late to make that transition. But this is an answer. Go back to your question. I want to make sure I got the, yeah. the, the gist of it. Uh, the, really, the, the crux of the question is, how do you remove your own personal ego when people sit down in front of you and they say, Gregory, this is the way that you do it. And your brain is like, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Mm. Well, I guess you have to be honest with yourself and look at your results. Have mm. you achieved what you want to achieve? And if no, the writing's on the wall, mm. right? And if I want to get from the honest place of where I am to where I want to be, I've got to acknowledge that something needs to change. And maybe I can detach my ego from that a little bit and say, well, the ego is a part of this. And now it knows that we need to go do this something else. But I think that there's that acknowledgement of the reality is, is I'm here and it's not where I want to be. And that's, that's a, that's a strong place to be, right? Yeah. That's a strong place to be because you can make, take some action, some real action at that point. Yeah. I, I think if you want to transform your life, it's the best place to be. Yeah. You know, I often talk about turning breakdowns into breakthroughs. Right. And if you are on, from my own experience, when I have been in a place where I feel stagnant or I feel like I'm not sure what this next step is, or I am completely stuck even, I'm like, who do I got to pay to teach me something, right? And That's a good question. And that's, well, and, and that's been an understanding about one thing prior to that question is what do I want? Yeah, absolutely. Right, what do I actually want? But I think people get so stuck in not knowing what they want, right? The, the consumption of content and media and People are always interested in the end goal and they don't understand the, the middle. I mean, even for you to get on a stage and do bodybuilding at the age in which you did it for the first time, I mean, there's that middle is decades yeah. of work. Sure. Well, and as, as I think Tony Robbins says, could I have turned those decades into minutes and moments? Yeah. Yeah, I could have, right? With the right coaches and mentors asking the right questions and all of those sorts of things. So that's part of the message that I, that I like to share, right? is look, there's never a bad time to do the right thing. Um, I was in a, in a class with some high school kids and I said that, and the, and the, uh, my co-instructor, we were talking about finances and she says, no, 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 that's, that's not because what she was trying to, because I was thinking of it from an older person's perspective. Mm. Right. And she's trying to teach these younger people. 
Now's the time to take some action, save some money and so on. And I'm like, you're right. The context here matters. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really just, we can, we, I mean, I, I did take ownership uh, for, for where I am and, and where I want to be. Um, when I had the pictures taken, when I turned 60, I said, okay, dude, if it's not now, when, when are you going to be good enough to actually share your story and to influence people? Right. And I'm like, well, I, I there is no, if it's not now, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Right. So I waited too long, <laughs> but it was the right time. I, I suppose you're right. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I always think about it when I've shared this on the show. So I apologize guys. Cause I know you've heard this 10,000 times, but when, when I go to restaurants, I think you all appreciate this. When, when I go to restaurants and they have the sign-in form and you write your name on it mm -hmm. and it says time, yeah, I always write now because <laughs> that is the time. Yeah, right. I don't know what time it is yeah, sure. other than that. And, and that was something that honestly, when I, and that, that happened purely by accident where I was just being a smart ass one time because that is in my nature. Like it is who I am. And I was reflecting on it like that night after I'd had dinner with some friends and, or it might've been a date, whatever it was, I don't remember. But I remember reflecting on it and being like, dude, that time is always now. Right yeah. now is the time to make the decision. If not now, when? Do the thing. And if not me, who? Yeah. And it should be you. Right. And, and the reason why it should be you, cause it's not gonna be me. Cause I don't give a shit about yeah, your dreams. Yeah, for sure. You know? Like, and, and that's not to be callous, but no. like, I don't care about your dreams. Right. I'm trying to go and build and create mine. Do I want to support you? Yes, absolutely. Let's sit down. Let's have the conversation. Let's look at the roadmap. Let's identify the places in which you have blind spots because I have expertise over here. Sure. But I can't make you do it. I own my health, right? My doctor doesn't own my health. The insurance company doesn't own my health. But these people can help me if I engage them the right way. Yes. Right. Let's, let's go into the book a little bit, because one of the things that, that I think is really interesting is these four steps mm -hmm. and you have dream big, own your health, live well, and recharge often. Right. Are those in any particular order? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let's go through <laughs> it. So first we have dream big. The, if, if we don't have the a clear direction of where we're going. We're wandering around. I'm on a bunch of Facebook groups, uh, fitness groups, and people will say, I've, I, I, my weight loss goal is stalled. I haven't lost any weight. And I'm like, mm. what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is your goal? Yeah. How many, you know, give me the metric. Where are you going to be in three, you know, in, in 30 days or, or 90 days? Because without that, we might get lucky. We usually don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's true. You normally don't. So this is the dream big that I talked about just a moment ago, right? Is let's decide where you want to go uh, and why. Why is that important to you? That's a big thing because, you know, the first obstacle that comes up, if you don't have a good why, you're going to screw it. Right. Yeah. You know, I want to, I need to be able, maybe if we use me as an example, um, now for, for most people, health and fitness is an, a means to an ends. Right? It's not the end itself. We're here to have experiences, right? Uh, and health and, and fitness, time, money, these are all enablers to help us have experiences with each other. And in my case, I can say that my health and fitness, I see as an ends because I can help inspire other people. I hope. I mean, I love to hear that, right? Um, 
so that why is really important to me. And, and I have become very um, <laughs> disciplined, let's say, in, in, in many of these aspects, because I want to be that role model. But I also don't want to come across as so dogmatic that it's the only way. But we do have to be clear, right? Dream big is the first step. Yeah. And sometimes I argue with myself about dogma. I, I can see the practicality of it. I mean, go look at any of the the biggest organizations in the world. Like they are dogmatic. We know right. what we know Our what church right. is. Yeah. yeah. You know, we know what churches represent. We know what um Nike represents. We know what Budweiser represents, right? They are so dogmatic, right? And and I think that there is a place of even in our own personal health, like you've got to really be strict with yourself. And I don't say, I don't mean all the time, yeah. but I mean enough that you can appreciate the times that you're not. Here's why I say this. Cause when I was 350 pounds, mm -hmm. I was eating chocolate cake literally for breakfast three, four times a week. Mm. Right. Right. Now I can count on one hand in the last five years, how many times I've had chocolate yeah, cake. Congratulations. You changed your mindset drastically. And I was like, and I love, and like when I eat it, I'm like, yeah, like let's go. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Right. Let's have the good stuff. Yeah, of course. But I, I also feel in my body when I'm not disciplined, yeah. when I make the poor health decisions, even though I know what I'm going to feel like tomorrow, it's a reminder of like why there is some importance of being so strict and dogmatic with yourself. At least this is the way I look at it. Exercise was really important for me in that sense because with both diet and alcohol, if you don't push yourself a bit physically, it's harder to get that feedback mm. that says, what I just did to myself yesterday is hurting me today. Yeah. Right? But when you push yourself even some that feedback loop becomes much stronger. And I go, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that again, right? Maybe that's not helping me. Um, that one beer that I had and gave me a headache, like, what's the point, right? I mean, that, that didn't help. So yeah. why do it? Yeah, right? exactly. Why do it? And I, I think for some people, they don't sit in the why. And I certainly didn't. When, when I'm eating junk food every day, drinking all the time, smoking weed, gummy bears for lunch and, you know, things of that nature. And don't get me wrong, I still love gummy bears. Like, <laughs> I, I, there always are things that I will love and I will yeah. enjoy. Mm -hmm. But it's like, am I willing to pay the price today or tomorrow? Right. Right. And, sure. and I, I have found I'm more willing to pay the price today by not indulging, not giving myself those things. Just simply because I can feel how I operate if I don't. And that dreaming big aspect of it is like, I want great health. I want to be able to continue to do martial arts at a good level, to continue to, when I want to run a marathon, which I can tell you probably won't be again. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Right? But if I do. Yeah, probably not me either. Yeah. I might, I can do it, right? Because I'm looking at those dreams. I'm saying they're accomplishable, um, which really this kind of leads into own your health. Yeah. Right. So I, I, this was the introduction, right? That got us here. I, when I said. We in, as individuals own our health. No one else on the planet gives a about our health as much as we do. It's just the, the hard <laughs> fact. Yeah. Right. So it behooves us to, to un, well, first of all, understand that and embrace it. Right. It's no one else's responsibility. There's a flip side to that coin. Like, as you just alluded to, there's other people out there with other skills and capabilities that can help us and do want to help us. So. Yeah, the, the three big pillars are diet, exercise, and sleep. But a, and, and mental health and emotional health is certainly part of it. But also go to your 
doctor, mm. right? And, and do what he or she says, because metabolic health is a big deal too. It's not all just about, well, eventually what's going on on the inside of us is going to manifest on the outside, right? So there's, there's aspects of medicine that we need to take advantage of. So, so go to your doctor, go to your dentist. I've got, a, I've got several chapters in that book speaking about um, hormones and uh, anesthetics. And I was in, recently interviewed and, and the interviewer asked me, why do you have a, you know, a chapter of, on aesthetics in, in your health and fitness book? Well, actually, it's the lowest hanging fruit for a lot of like, guys in their 50s is to shave off that gray beard, you know, get some clothes that fit them. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, okay, get some Botox. It's not, you know, why? Because it actually dramatically can improve our self-esteem. Yes. Right? And, and if that can get us to push away the, the French fries or you know, that, that last, you know, beer, that's a good thing, right? So let's not discount just because something is relatively easy doesn't mean it isn't valuable. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Uh, a previous guest of the podcast, Kimmy Seltzer, who is this incredible make makeover coach in LA, she begins with changing people's outside to change their inside. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, I, I, most guys don't like shopping. I love going and getting a brand new <laughs> pair of jeans and t-shirt, even though I know it looks exactly like the other jeans and t-shirts <laughs> I already own because it's like fresh and it feels good. Right. And I, I think that's such a great point. People don't recognize like just the hair, dude, if I haven't shaved in a week, I feel different. Yeah. You know? Sure. Right. If I don't cut my hair once a month, I feel different. And so I think there's a lot of validity in that. And so, that, that leads to this place where I feel like I'm living more well. And I know that's a, a, a part of this four-step process too. Mm -hmm. Live well. Yeah, live well. So obviously diet and exercise are part of this, but that's not the whole story. So there is this mental and emotional health component. And the very first chapter in that section of the book is actually be, be present and happy. Mm. And I don't know how long I'm going to live. I, I could walk out, walk out of here and get killed in a traffic accident. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a reality. So let's live each day. Like maybe it is our last and not in a reckless way, but in a, in a joyful way. Right. And, and there's another chapter in the book about relationships and, and I have had pretty relationships because I haven't put the energy into it. Right. And I've learned that I need to invest. No one's going to care about me if I don't care about them. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. So this is a part, these are the other parts of living well. It's not just about being healthy. It's about, about being emotionally healthy and actually enjoying what we're doing and, and being, a, being grateful, right. For this amazing experience that, um, I believe we've chosen to have, but you know, we're here and how we got here. Well, I guess we'll, maybe we'll figure that out yeah. eventually. Right. But let's take, let's take the most of it. Let's make the most of it. Um, and, and so that's really what I'm getting at in terms of living well. And, you know, there's simple things that we can do. Um, a, a little bit of exercise and a little bit of, of movement in, in the right direction towards diet. And what is the wrong direction? Because I said what's, you know, it took me a while to figure that out. But basically, there's some simple things, right? Let's avoid calories and beverages, right? So um, sodas and, and fruit juices, these are things that we were really never designed to consume. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Uh, fried foods is, is not, I rarely eat fried foods because it's just empty calories. I don't, I've just basically, do I like it? I just don't find, I would rather fuel myself with something else. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't try to, to assume that everyone's going to do what I do. Um, I do have one chapter at the end that speaks specifically to what is this ab thing all about? <laughs> right. But I don't, I'm not even sure it's really the, the right uh, goal for, for most people. But uh, so those are some of the components of, of Live Well. Yeah. And, and I do think that you have to have clarity about what it is that you want as an individual. I think living well entirely is about navigating all of the things. Like we, we live in a time in which you really do have to take full control over your life. You know, they've raised the standards for military entrance based on BMIs and weights because mm -hmm. we live in a very unhealthy country. Um, we are consuming propaganda mm. media in this right. country in a way that we never have before. People don't understand America is the number one propaganda machine. We, we point at other countries. This sure. is little things we won't go down. But every single I was watching the NCAA national championship game. Mm -hmm. Every other commercial was like fast food. And I'm like, we're watching a sporting event, but every commercial is fast food. There's a, a big disconnect here. And then when we walk down the aisles of the grocery and, you know, people talk about this frequently, like, but go around the outside, keep to the outside. But the insides were all the good. Is, <laughs> right. And so I think it's about moderation, understanding yourself and, and giving yourself permission to, again, I give myself permission to indulge sometimes. I'm not going to take that off the plate, but in the day to day, because we're high functioning and I want to be able to show up whether I'm recording podcasts on Saturdays or Sundays or midnight on a Friday, because that is what happens sometimes, or I'm coaching or I'm in one of my groups or writing the next book. I'm like, to be a high performer, you have to treat yourself as such. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe everyone has the capability of being a high performer. You just have to make a decision to live well. And, and this one, this is the step where, as I was reading the book, I thought to myself, okay, how do you do this better, Michael? Like, what do you really need to do to make this and facilitate this in your life so that I can go to the next level? So I've got questions and at the end of each chapter. I don't know if any of those sort of triggered you. Well, one that did was in the recharge often. Okay. Talk about that. So recharge often is there's really three components. There's sleep, of course, uh, prayer, meditation, and, and some form of spirituality. Those are the three components that I put decided to put in recharge often. And I hadn't paid a lot of attention to sleep until fairly recently. Uh, I wear an aura ring now, and um, I just was able to give my doctor a year's worth of sleep data, right, for my aura ring. And I've made a lot of changes that, and I can feel the difference mm. in, and sometimes the data can be a little bit counterproductive. Oh no, you know, what's that gonna do to me? But I've actually also found the opposite to, Drew, to be true, where, gosh, it didn't feel like I slept all that well last night. And I look at the data and I'm like, well, actually, I did sleep okay, mm. right? So it can work both ways. Um, the point really being that we need some opportunity to, in a way, detach, right? And obviously, as the name implies, recharge the batteries. I do feel that some form of spirituality has helped me. And, and all of these steps are really about, I, I went back and thought, how have I gone about my life and how would I present this to someone? And this is um, the way this came about. I actually have completely filled out the form myself. I'm going to post it on my website. 
so that people can see how I filled out the form. It's mm, a great idea. Yeah, right? And, and I'm actually going to be doing an interview, I think, with my doctor where we're going to record my session mm. where he goes through my data and we're going to talk about, you know, that sort of stuff. But um, spirituality is something that came fairly recent to me. And, and it was actually my, my girlfriend who handed me a book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Because mm. I've been a Catholic. I didn't resonate with, and I'm not here to offend anyone's belief, but it didn't resonate to me. I, I didn't get it. And as soon as my, I graduated from high school and I could chart my own path from a spirituality perspective, I stopped going to church. I was agnostic. Yeah, maybe there's something going on. But that, that work really resonated with me. And, and um, I spent um, hundreds of hours studying his material. Um, and it's a very simple, his, his well, and, and I also appreciate the fact that he says, I might be wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I might be wrong. And, and that's the, the approach I take. Yeah, this is what I believe. It works for me. It resonates for me. It's given me a way to um, think about my place in the universe and, and how I relate to you and everybody else. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. <laughs> I, I posted something just two days ago on Instagram, and it's, I'll paraphrase because I don't remember exactly what I had written, but it was like, including me, are always telling you to do this, 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 and this to change your life but I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is only what I do. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's a really important part. And, and when it comes to spirituality, spirituality and, and religion and things of that nature, you know, I always think to myself that there may be a moment when I pass into whatever is next and I'm standing at the gates and God's just like, dude, I tried telling you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if that'll be true or not. Gregory, this has been a, a phenomenal conversation, man. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. It's yeah, been a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, of course. Anytime. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you and get your new book, Abs at 60. Abs at 60 is available at Amazon.com. Um, and I think the main place that I like to point people to is my website, which is abs at 60, A-B-S-A-T-6-0 dot com. And I'm also on Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, and those are the, the primary chat channels and I'm easy to get a hold of. Um, I've I've seen some people be really great in this space, and some folks be not so great. I want to be I want to be open, accessible to folks. Yeah. yeah, and and of course we'll put the links in the show notes for the audience. Guys, go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. Look up Gregory Damien, and you will find all this information and more. My friend, my last question: What does it mean to you to be unbroken? I heard you ask this question. My answer is we're unbroken when we realize we're broken and we're doing something about it. That's it. Simply put, my friend, thank you very much for being here. Been a pleasure. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. Remember, every time you share these episodes, you comment, you like, you subscribe, you're helping other people find these tools to create massive change in their life to transform trauma to triumph, breakdowns to breakthroughs, and ultimately to become the hero of their own story. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. 
Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.